Welcome to Divine Inspiration. Today, we are going to talk about the church. Yes, the church. When Christ came into Jerusalem, he did not go up to the court or the palace through, um, though he came in as a king, but into the temple for his kingdom is a spiritual, spiritual and not of this world. It is in the holy thing that he rules in the temple of God, that he exercises authority he drove the buyers and sellers and abuses most must first be purged out in the plants, not of God's planting, but be plucked up for that which is right can be established. The great redeemer appeared as a great reformer that turns away ungodliness. The church is presented as the people of God, the company of redeemed believers made possible by Christ's death. It is pilgrim people no it is pilgrim people no longer belonging to this earth whose first function is to stand as a community in a living personal relationship with God the congregation of God's people in Christ Jesus who are called together as citizens of God's kingdom for the purpose of worshiping our God the church. Let's get into it. Are you ready to get into the word of God? I am so ready to get into the word of God. Matthew chapter 21, verse 12 through 13. We're going to go to that. So it says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money, changers in the benches um, of those selling those. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den, a den of robbers. And so all the ceremony institutions were intended to be subservient to morale duties. The house of sacrifice was to be a house of prayer, but that was the substance in um, so of all those services. The temple was in a special manner sanctified to be a house of prayer, for it was not only the place of that worship, but that the prayers made in our towards that house and had a particular promise of acceptance. So many are the corrupt in cheating, practicing, in buying and selling, but marketing in the temple are certainly so far they rob God of his honor and the worst of, the, of thieves. Those who bear Christ's name must know that hypocrisy, greed, self-serving, interest in, in ex, ex, um, ex, expectation, exploitation of people in the house of God will bring God's judgment in righteousness indignation. Christ is, is the Lord of his church and demands that it be a house of prayer. God's house must not be profound by um man um yeah mankind a, a means of uh, social advancement money gain entertainment showing show just selling stuff and trying to make it a marketplace the church should not be like a marketplace like when I go to the Walmart or when I go to Kohl's or when I go to the mall it should not be like the it should not be like the marketplace it's supposed to be the church which the church is supposed to be the house of prayer. Let's keep going on. So Matthew chapter 21, verse 14 through 15. The word of God says this. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. They was indignant. Sorry, indignant. He healed them to the blind. He restored sight and caused the lame to walk. 
Let children be taught to keep up the form of godliness. It will help to lead them to the power of it. Christ has a tenderness for the lamb of his flock. Little children say and do as they hear others say and see others do. So easily do they imitate, therefore a great courage must be taken to set them good examples and no bad ones. So basically saying if you are the parent, make sure you show some good examples to your children. Make sure you teach them the word of God. Make sure you tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ and their Savior as their child because what they see you doing, they want to be what you're doing and who you are when they little kids. They're looking up to you as their parents. And so children will learn of those that are with them either to curse and swear or pray in praise. So it's our choice as adults to teach the children, let them not curse or swear, but let them pray and praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. So let's keep going on. The word Hosanna means to save us now. The shout of the multitudes at the time of Jesus' trumpet entry into Jerusalem, the word originally was a prayer requesting God's help, but it had become a cry of joy or a shout of welcome by this time in the Jewish history. The word Hosanna was also associated with the Jewish hopes for deliverance by a political hero, but Jesus Christ came as a spiritual deliverer on a lowly donkey. What is it, church, that we deliver we deliverance from? Could it be drugs? What was we delivered from? Could it be drugs? Could it be from sexual morality? Could it be from selfish ways? Could it be from um, sin? Could it be from stress or worrying? What do we need spiritual deliverance from? Jesus Christ paid for us to be set free indeed, to be set to be selfless, to have in come into his house a prayer with worship and praise, to show love to others, to serve his people, pray and have a personal relationship with him, to study, uh, to study about our Lord Jesus Christ in his word. What are we doing in the church if we haven't been converted or changed? Because repentance is called for us to change and conversion is called for us to be born again. Because Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in the word of God to let them, well, it was in the Bible, but I'm talking about before the Bible, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about being born again. We are supposed to be born again. So either if we have not changed and we have not been converted, we got to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Because God's power is much stronger than our own natural flesh carnality. If we're not drawn close to God, we cannot be changed. We cannot be conversion. We got to seek our Father. We got to knock at His door. We got to ask Him questions. We got to be hungry and thirsty after Him. He don't got to do nothing else. He already paid the price. My God. Let's go into Revelation. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 through 16. It says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or of the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither nor neither hot or nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. So a lukewarm church is one of the compromised with the world and resembles its surrounding society. It professes Christ, yet in reality does not know him. Hmm. And is it spiritually, spiritually wretched? Stated, Christ severally warns the church about his judgment against spiritual lukewarmness. Jesus Christ sincerely invites the church to repent and be restored to a place of faith, righteousness, revelation, and fellowship. In the, in, in the midst of a lukewarm church, Christ knocks at the door, desiring to come into him or her. 
Now let's go back to Revelation. Let's go into Revelation chapter 3, still in 3, but verse 20 through 22. And the word of God says this, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. And they will end they with me. The one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So Christ is the invitation spoken from outside the door is a request for an intimate fellowship with and who will repent and overcome the spiritual lukewarmness of the church. The spirit, which is the church, the, the church, the churches are sub or donate not only to Christ as the Lord in head, but also to the spirit of God. They must listen, hear, and respond to the voice of the spirit and to his words. The spirit is not the, the spirit is not the possession of the churches or any human institution. He is the spirit of God and of Christ, not the spirit of the churches. The spirit remains free and come and leave according to God's righteous standards. You heard that the spirit remains free. He comes and leave at God's um yeah, he let me say it again. The spirit remains free to come and leave according to God's righteous standards. So what am I saying, Dantisha? God's spirit does not have to dwell in lukewarmness. God's spirit is not going to dwell in lukewarmness. God is going to dwell in his standards, his moral standards. His spirit is going to be there. So when your church is dry and it's lukewarm, there's a question that you got to ask yourself as a pastor. Are you correcting your congregation? Are you really repenting? Are you boosting that it's okay to stay in sin and still worship the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a lie? That's not in the Bible. Surely that's not in the Bible. Let me keep going on. And so the Holy Spirit represents Christ's presence lordship over his church. The Spirit and his word are the ultimate authority of Christ. The congregation must consistently judge their beliefs and actions by the Spirit in the word. The spirit and the word combined together, release the life and authority and creative power of God in and through the church. When the church fails to hear and respond to the spirit in the word, it loses its life, purpose, and mission as Christ's church. Let me say this sentence again. When the church fails to hear and respond to the spirit in the word, it loses its life, purpose, and mission as Christ's church. The Holy Spirit will remain with any church only as long as the church, sorry, only as long as the church listens and responds to what he says. Because you got to understand, our God is the Alpha and Omega. Our God is the beginning and end. He don't got to dwell in no lukewarmness. He don't got to dwell in your place because you say it is the church. What makes the church is the house of prayers because his presence is inside the church. That's what makes the church the church, and he's all that in a bag of chips. Then if his spirit is not in your church, there's an issue. There's an issue that you got to confront as the shepherd of the household. But some pastors don't like to confront, but it's our responsibility as believers, as ministers of the gospel, that we got to do, we got to do some arrow correcting sometimes. Let's go into Matthew chapter 21, verse 16 through 17. The word of God says this. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him, yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of the children and infants you? Lord, have called forth your praise 
and he left them and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. And so Christ is so far from being ashamed of the service of little children that he takes particular notice of them and children love to be taken notice of and is well pleased with them. God perfected praise by ordain, ordaining strength out of the mouth of babes in sucking, in, in, um, sucking. When great things are brought about by weak and unlikely instruments, God is stirred by much honor for his strength is perfected in weaknesses and infirmities of the babes from divine power. So God does love his children to worship him. God wants his children to know who he is. God wants his children of his parents showing them the way, the truth, and the life, which is through the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to be an example, not just going to church on Sunday and praising the Lord. When you're in your house, are you being the church? When you're in your house, are you being the person that you are at church to see children know when you're being fake or real hmm. let's keep it let's keep going on so bethany which was a more quiet retired place not so much that he might sleep understand understood undisturbed as that he might pray and under undisturbed bethany was but two miles from jerusalem and he won't um yeah he went on foot to show that when he rode it was only to fulfill the scriptures what is prayer? Prayer is recognizing our own emptiness, asking God to fill us with what we need. Quote from Bishop Jakes, he said this, Lord God, I have been searching for acceptance for so long in so many places. Please give me your acceptance, Lord God. I have been trying to find love for longer than I can express. Please give me your love. Lord God, I am in need of joy and peace and comfort and purpose. And blessings, please give me what I need. Lord, I am thirsty. Please fill me uh, fill me up with yourself. And so my question for you, do you know that repentance is called for a change? What have been changed in your life since you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? And since you are the church, the body, the, I mean, the building does not make us a church. The church is yourself. So what has changed in you to be a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ? And if it has not changed, then it's time for a change because it's time for us to be the light in this dark world. Thank you so much. For listen to divine inspiration. God bless you. Bye.